back. It's another episode of the Sunday Puncher Podcast. And I thought since the Knicks were out here reinvigorated, I would ask Matt. And of course, all of a sudden, this guy got the confidence to get himself back on the podcast now that the Knicks look like a competent basketball team. MVO, welcome back to the pod. Hey, it took me a while to get over that Wilder loss, actually, man. That's what that's what really got me off the podcast. Really? But I'm done morning. You know, I, I accept it. It is what it is. Tyson Fury was the better man. Now we move on in the sport of boxing. You know, a lot of people like to listen to this podcast, I imagine, to hear the cope in the fallout of certain fights where they know that this podcast leans towards certain fighters and Deontay Wilder, obviously one of those guys. And I, and I, I feel like though, like that, the vibe wasn't really there with like the whole schadenfreude of Wilder losing that fight. I think people were just like, yo, that was a great fight. And it kind of went past the whole, haha, your guy lost thing. Was yeah. that your experience? It, it really was because he just showed how much of a warrior he was, and we'll get into it later, but you saw the exact opposite uh, this past Saturday uh, between Jamel Herron and Shakur Stevenson, but now we know what a warrior is and what a warrior isn't, but Ooh. I'll let get into that. Ooh, this guy... That that's one hell of a tease. We got that coming up on the podcast today and including a discussion on whatever the hell the WBA is doing. But on Saturday night, I think, first of all, to the surprise of, I would imagine, many boxing fans, we got a pretty, I wouldn't say entertaining is the right word to say here, but it wasn't a bad fight between Shakur Stevenson and Jamal Herring. Shakur Stevenson making his way to 130 pounds fought Jamal Herring for the WBO 130-pound title. And Shakur Stevenson, in a word, Matt, how would you describe what he did to Jamal Herring? Uh, is meh a word? It meh is a word, but it wasn't the one that I was thinking of. I was thinking of he beat his ass. Ah, come on, man. I wouldn't say that. Oh, really? Look at this. Let, let me just lay out what happened. If you didn't watch the fight, and certainly if you did not tune in because you were like a Shakur Stevenson fight, I've seen one, I've seen two, and I did not get my money's worth either time. Shakur Stevenson came in. He was aggressive. I mean, not like Gennady Golovkin aggressive, but we're talking, he came forward, worked behind his jab, was able to catch Jamel Herring very cleanly. It was really obvious in the first round. Jamel Herring was just not up to the task. Reflexes were poor. Speed was just way below what you expect to see in a world champion level fighter. And Shakur Stevenson teed off on this guy until the referee had to ultimately jump in and stop it. Jamal Herring never really appeared like super hurt in the fight. Never uh, was close to going on the canvas. He was bleeding, but ultimately just did not have the fight in him to keep up with Shakur Stevenson, who is uh, one of the top young fighters in the sport. But... I was impressed. So I'll say that. I'm just going to say that. I was impressed with what I saw from Shakur Stevenson. You said that what he did to Jamel Herring was meh. Now explain what you mean by that for these people listening to the podcast. Well, first of all, 
I don't think Jamel Herring was offered much resistance. Uh-huh. Uh, Jamel Herring did what I like to call being a game loser. It's, it's like a guy who just Mikey Garcia versus Errol Spence. Someone that's just looking to see the final bell. They know they're defeated. They feel defeated. And they're not going to uh, put their pedal to the metal to try to get a victory. And I thought that after maybe the third round, Jamel Heron wasn't really interested in winning. He was just interested in surviving. And Shakur Stevenson took advantage of that. Yeah, he got the stoppage, but it wasn't a great stoppage. I mean, well, I still don't know what the fuck that was. That was straight out of the UK. And I uh, just, you know, it is what it is. You've seen one fight, you've seen them all. What if the ref came to you and was like, he repeated your take about why he stopped the fight? Would you agree with the stoppage? No. To me, <laughs> it, it's not your decision to make that. You're, you're, you're supposed to decide uh, to stop the fight based upon safety reasons, not because you're tired of seeing lather, rinse, repeat. That's not your decision as a referee. The referee shouldn't be worried about the entertainment of Mm -hmm. the viewers or how entertaining the fight is. Just worry about safety. And at no point did Jamel Herring seem like he was in any danger. Do you think that was because Shakur either didn't push enough, didn't have the power, or maybe... Jamal Herring had was had made the conscious decision that he was going to avoid getting hurt at the expense of basically everything else. Um, honestly, I think it was Shakur felt a couple of those punches and he didn't want to open himself up. I gave you three options and you took the fourth. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you if you if you look at the fight. Every time Jamel Herring would exchange with Shakur, Shakur would stop punching. Every time Jamel Herring would hit him to the body, Shakur would stop punching. So I, I understood the frustration that you heard in the corner from Bo Mac, Brian McIntyre, Herring's trainer, where he was like, yo, you can't just throw one punch. You got to throw combinations, two, three, four punches with this guy if you want to win. It just seemed like Jamal Heron didn't want to win the fight. And, and it's a shame because when we talk about Herring, uh, we all know, yeah, nice guy, great guy, Marine, all this, that, and the other, great story, great human. But what we saw in the ring Saturday night was an affront to everything that we're supposed to love about the sport of boxing. I, honestly, I thought Jamel Heron, to be frank, fought a cowardly fight. Now, there's a lot of people giving Shakur Stevenson, I mean, what I think is an extreme amount of praise for the fight and his performance on Saturday night. And... There are things I would compliment about his performance, but I thought that that was, oh, I think it is ridiculous. And I don't understand how people have been, are so praiseworthy of the performance when it's, to me, I'm like, did we do our research? 
Because, like, first of all, just looking at the betting line, Shakur Stevenson came in minus 1,000. And rightfully so. Here's the thing. Shakur Stevenson is, was a prospect that is not just your normal top-tier prospect, but this is, like, the most coveted Olympian. Uh, well, I, I think now with Keyshawn Davis, we have a, another one to add. But prior to that, Shakur Stevenson was the best Olympic prospect we've had since, what, Errol Spence? We had high hopes for him and... If you look at how quickly he won a world title while still being brought along like a normal prospect, it spoke to how much talent that that guy has. And so he enters into this fight, and I'm already thinking, like, yeah, Shakur Stevenson is going to easily beat Jamel Herring. And the reason for that is because, like, if you look at Jamel Herring, the first major step up he did, he was aged 30 years old against Denis Shafikov, and Jamel Herring fought. I mean, he fought. He just didn't come anywhere close to winning in that fight was overwhelmed by pressure. That didn't go so well for him. Uh, lost again to Ladarius Miller, who's a competent fighter at 130 pounds, but not necessarily a guy that you're going to heap a lot of praise about. He's just one of those guys. And the wins that he's gotten since coming over to top rank, uh, Herring, have not been impressive to me. I mean, it was cool to see the knockout of Carl Frampton. I mean, it was nice looking, but... Who was Carl Frampton and what did we expect from him realistically at that point in his career? Not much of anything. So like for Jamel Herring to come out here, get beat by Shakur Stevenson, I just don't get the praise for Stevenson. This was a, I mean, it was the perfect matchup for him to further his career along in terms of his popularity. But whether or not I learned anything from Shakur Stevenson, I didn't really learn too much because I didn't see him perform in a way that was unexpected. Other than maybe he was a little more aggressive, but I, I that's not necessarily any cause for praise. He did that against Toka Conclary. Yeah, and he didn't seem too aggressive uh, in the later rounds, actually. Uh, he was more content with only throwing like a shot at a time and basically pot-shotting from the outside. So... Listen, he was it was a it was a he did decent. That's all I can say. <laughs> I didn't see anything special. I didn't see anything special from him. I damn sure didn't see anything special from Jamal Herring. But like I said, maybe I'm just spoiled because my favorite fighters they go balls to the wall. I, I I was just so disgusted when when the referee took Jamal Herring to the corner to get the doctor to check his eye. You would have thought that Herring, sensing that the fight might be stopped, would sell out and just go for it and see if he could land something big. But he was just content. So, you know, how can we tell more about Shakur Stevenson when the competition wasn't there to take him to another level? Um, You know, I've always had this opinion about Jamel Herring. I've never been a fan of Jamel Herring. And I know I'm going to say you because I think I've seen you do this. And if I'm mischaracterizing you, I apologize. No, I don't apologize, actually. But Jamel Herring gets a lot of love on social media. And I never got it because I'm like, this guy cares more about the likes than the wins. Like, I want to see this fire in the ring. And we haven't necessarily seen that from him. Ooh. And... We just saw it last night. It's like, I mean, that was, or not last night, on Saturday night. It was just a very underwhelming performance from him. He didn't fight like a guy who 
was trying to keep his world title. And I just, I can't sit here and pour any praise on him. Like, you can praise a fighter in defeat. There are moral victories that guys have certainly got. Deontay Wilder got a moral victory in that fight with Tyson Fury. At the end of the day, Tyson, uh, um, Wilder got whooped in that fight. But he gave as much as he could possibly give, and it just wasn't enough. I can, I can give that guy respect. I don't think that, and you laid it out pretty well, so I don't want to repeat your whole point, but I didn't see that from Jamal Herring. Well, what did you see out of Jamal Herring? I, I saw a guy who fights at one level, and that level is a little bit above domestic level, which is you know, what they say in the UK. He's got one gear, can't fight out of it. Mm-hmm. Can't fight uh, moving backwards very well. His the adjustments he made in that fight, which were very little, but like he couldn't stick to it. There were times where I thought he was having success against Shakur, and he would just abandon it straight out. I don't I don't know why exactly he does that. Um, I don't know if that's something that you know we blame Bomac for. I I don't necessarily know. You know I don't know if Bomac's a good trainer or not. Because he's got one really good fighter in Terrence Crawford. And I think we got to, when it comes to evaluating trainers, you got to strip away their star pupil and say, well, how do they do with the rest of the guys? That's how you know if you've got a good trainer or not. And so for Bomac, I don't know. I mean, based off of Jamel Herring, I'm, I'm not going to judge him. What about Steven Nelson? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how far he goes. Steven Nelson looks all right, but like, have you really seen this guy tested? No, we we haven't yet. No, so I, I I'll leave the jury out on Bomac as a trainer. Damn. So Bomac took a hit this weekend too. Bomac cannot take any more hits than he already took by basically being fired as the business manager for Terrence Crawford. I mean, I guess I could understand that, but how did you feel in the aftermath? of the fight, like the immediate aftermath. Because I got to be honest with you, I was disgusted with what I saw. What? What, what do you mean? Uh, these guys were all hugging, taking pictures together. Uh, well, th- oh so here's the thing. If this was Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, I would say, you know what? I'm all right with that. Those guys earned it. They went to war in the ring. They went to war outside of the ring. They threatened each other with everything that they could do. Lives were threatened and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, they went to war. They got it all out of their system. They can do that. Uh, And so anything else, like, you know, I understand there's like the show of respect after fights. Like, you know, maybe Caleb Plant and Canelo will show the same level of respect after the fight. But I don't think. Uh, probably not. I, I think it'll be a very respectful sort of like, hey, you know, and then that'll be it. Yeah. But in this situation, the reason why I have no problem with what I saw is because if you remember, these guys had said they weren't going to fight each other because they were friends. Have we forgot that that this fight was apparently not going to happen because Shakur Stevenson and Jamal Herring did not want to fight one another? Because of the close connection that they all have? So then what changed? Because all of a sudden, Shakur Stevenson was talking real greasy 
uh, about Jamel Heron, embarrassing him in public places, embarrassing him on social media, embarrassing him, you know, at the weigh-in during fight week. You know, what, what, what all of a sudden changed that these guys who were supposedly friends, all of a sudden Shakur Stevenson had all this animosity towards Jamel Heron. I think this could be explained by a tweet that Jamal Herring had made. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, uh, you might have seen it. I don't know where it is. But he basically said, congrats to you, Shakur Stevenson, blah, blah, blah. But um, going forward, you can drop the tough guy act or something like that. I think that was his wife that said that. His wife? his Jamal Herring's wife told Shakur to chill on playing the bad guy? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was the wife. It wasn't Jamal. Oh, well, uh, I don't know if I believe that. There's no way that I was fooled and thought that that tweet was Jamal Herring when it was yeah. really his wife. It was the wife. What's his wife's name? What's uh, her Twitter? Jen, Jen C. Herring, I believe it's her Twitter. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Yo, I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to like, if I, if that's me, I, I'm a clown, guys. If I got it wrong, I'm a clown. You guys can, you know. Okay. So, here we go. Blah, blah, blah. Gotta, I'm trying to scroll through quickly. I, I, don't, I don't see it. Maybe they deleted it, but it really. No, no, no. You didn't delete it. I, I will. She said, uh, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad about the decision. Mm-hmm. Shakur did his thing as a wife. It was hard to watch. All I care about. Oh, she said I was extremely disappointed in his behavior prior to the fight because things were too far to disrespect. Uh, I want Shakur Stevenson to hold it down like a true king with style and class, as I know he can sell a fight in a better fashion. I accepted the apology and will. You can't do much worse than that. Yeah. They, he didn't sell the fight. Five thousand people showed up in an arena. That was configured for tens over ten thousand. They configured it down to a much smaller number, and they couldn't even sell those tickets. So I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that. But here's the tweet you were talking about. Congratulations, Shakur Stevenson. Thank you for apologizing, but don't try that mess again. Mm-hmm. Don't be a bad boy to sell a fight. Mm-hmm. Your talent will sell it for you. Make me proud and stay humble. Hold on tight to that belt, love. So, I want your thoughts on this. Without uh, without offending people, can you do that? Well, everyone's offended by something. You know well, I, the type of offense you're. I'm talking about. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, listen, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm not gonna Rachel Donair her. Okay. Exactly. Okay. But but because <laughs> I I I have to say that because the people who listen and know what to expect from the raw uncut MVO, <laughs> I just kind of. They know already what you want to say. And I'm just telling you, I know you're thinking that, but just don't say it. No, not this time, actually. I, I thought it should have been Jen Heron in the ring on Saturday. Instead of Jamal. <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> she had the kind of energy that I was looking for. Wow. You know, you're part of a lot of group chats. I don't know if you're going to be able to go back. Hey, man, this dude... This dude was all hugging, taking pictures, him and Crawford and Bo Mack and Shakur together. And 
it's all good or great job. You were the better man. No, fuck that. We want war. Oh man. You you saw in in in, in the in the locker room, Jen Henry wasn't trying to do all that lovey dovey shit. Ain't no congratulations. She was shooting this motherfucker daggers through her sunglasses. She wasn't oh. trying to hear. That's the kind of energy I needed from Jamel Herring. Do you think that what Shakur was doing this week was a work? I think what Shakur was doing this week was an extension upon something that I brought up in the past, not on the Sunday Puncher, uh, but just in general on Twitter. June 2020, when Shakur was the first one back, Mm-hmm. Uh, for top rank during the pandemic on the telecast of his fight Andre Ward was saying top rank uh, feels like they do not know how to sell a black fighter unless he is the villain correct he did say that so it's like a little self projection there but yeah well is it projection or is it this is what he knows because he was Shakur Stevenson's manager previously? It's both. I think it's both. I think Andre Ward wants Shakur to be like him. And if you think about it, like for any person, you always speak from your own experiences. And so like when you're giving someone advice, you're giving someone advice for either what did work for you or what didn't work for you. And I think in Andre Ward's case, he thinks it worked for him. He thinks that he was able to have been a success in his career while still staying true to himself, which is like, oh, I'm this, you know, this humble guy. You know, ignoring the fact that Andre Ward was like a fierce competitor and he was a dog. Uh... But Andre Ward thought that, you know, by being humble and all this stuff, whatever, that's what had him be success. Andre Ward never sold over 200,000 pay-per-view buys. He was, by all accounts, not a success. Uh, But one of my favorite fighters that when he was active and certainly one of the best of the last decade. Um, I think he looks at it from that perspective and to say, Shakur, I see myself in you and you can be you can be a star. You don't need to be these uh, this way. And I think he also looks at boxing on the whole, and Andre Ward is a pretty perceptive guy. I think Andre Ward, in terms of his commentary and his observations, are a lot of times on the mark. He looks at what Top Rank's doing, and he looks at all the other fighters in in the sport, and of course, um, kind of looks at it with tunnel vision, and sees that, oh, you need to be the villain in order to sell. Now, is he ignoring that Deontay Wilder exists, and is he ignoring that Errol Spence exists? Yeah, obviously, but he's just ignoring them. Uh, but that's what he thinks sells. Maybe he thinks that that's what sells because he likes to bring up the Floyd Mayweather comparison. Because every time he talks about the villain, for some reason, he brings up Floyd's name. I don't know if there's like a little professional jealousy between oh, them. 100% there is. 100% but he always brings up Floyd. But how much of that is from Top Rank? Because Top Rank has always had issues selling black fighters. Um, so Floyd has this quote from a long time ago about being with top rank and the way they wanted to sell him and their, their idea of selling him was to be the next Sugar Ray Leonard. I mean, he's got a great smile. So smile for the cameras and be nice and all this stuff. And here, why don't you take some pointers from Oscar De La Hoya and Sugar Ray Leonard? We'll put them on a plane with you while we go to a press conference and you can, you know, get a little PR lesson with these two guys who become megastars while not having to be. 
uh, abrasive with the, with people and all this stuff. Obviously, Floyd, they were wrong because Floyd has been a success on his own w- while doing it his own way. I think there's a misunderstanding about what Top Rank wants. I think Top Rank does not want a villain. I think Top Rank wants that next Sugar Ray Leonard. They want the guy who smiles. They want the guy who is doesn't have to be the villain. The problem is that doesn't sell. And so they know it doesn't sell, but that's what they would like. And so you have this, I think, catch-22 where they're trying to do something that they don't believe in. And so it's never going to pick up any steam because it's just not... It, it. Well, first of all, they just haven't had the right guy. You can't put Terrence Crawford in that. Terrence Crawford is, without question, the most prickly fighter out there in terms of... But why, but why can't they sell that? Because it makes them uncomfortable. Hmm. You can't tell... Well, I mean, look. This is what I know from being on press row. I know that there's very few people in boxing that like Terrence Crawford. Very few. I know top rank themselves don't like him. Damn. And it's breaking news here. (laughs) I don't think that this is breaking news. I think (laughs) this has to be out there. But if not, you know, fine, you got it. But Terrence Crawford, and this, I even have my own experience dealing with Terrence Crawford. He's not like the most personable guy. He's okay. He's cool if you get him in the right situation. But you can't tell me that the, the the crew that runs top rank are going to be like the, I can understand. Terrence Crawford will probably be cool as hell if he's got Sam Watson right there, making him feel comfortable so that he can be himself. And when he's not, then he's he's kind of like standoffish. And people, but I feel like it's not that Terrence is that way. It's the people around him and you acting a particular way will bring out something in him. It's like kind of like some celebrities were like, yeah, I just want you to treat me like I'm normal. Don't come up in here and try to like, you know, treat me like I'm not a human being. Like I'm something greater than a human being. I feel like Terrence Crawford has that dude. Like Terrence Crawford is a very engaging guy. He's intense, no doubt about it, but that is a passionate guy that, could be like the Charlos in terms of like, those guys are entertaining to listen to. They mean everything that they say. But I feel like there's just nobody's willing to like stand out on those skinny branches and risk that glare that Terrence Crawford gives people when you ask a stupid question. Well. Now, how, how did we get here? Because we were talking about Shakur Stevenson. Oh, you asked about whether or not, you know, well, why doesn't it work? Well, I just think that they're uncomfortable with that. Mm, well. My whole thing is maybe they need some uh, a little bit more diversity at the top rank offices. I'll just put it at that. Yeah, I mean Bruce Trampler, Carl Moretti, Evan Korn. You know, there's a bunch of white bread nerds or old curmudgeon white guys. What the fuck do they know about selling Terrence Crawford or any of their young fighters for for that matter? Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Now, the top rank issue is they're too caught up in stereotypes. You know, (laughs) they are. Dude, even even look at how they're trying to sell anyway. They had Mortal Kombat figures in the back of his fight poster. I know. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Well, they... they, I mean, you looked at that poster, and if Godzilla wasn't the first thing that hit your mind, it was in the top three. Yeah, so it's like, 
these guys, they're too caught up in stereotypes because it's a bunch of old, flavorless white guys, and their PR person is some pencil neck geek, <laughs> uh, Evan Corn. He is a geek. Uh, well, in their defense, okay, because I don't want it to look like we're just shitting on them, but in, they're in their defense. Top Rank has been around for a really long time. They've been successful for a very long time. They've gone through FBI investigations and bribery allegations and all this stuff, and they're still here. And they have a formula that works. And even to this day, it like, yes, okay, they're struggling to sell Terrence Crawford. They're struggling to sell Shakur Stevenson. That's all good and well, like well and good. But at the same time, they're, they're not going anywhere because they've figured out like, look, we may not hit the stars with Shakur Stevenson, but where we're going to fall, that wheelhouse is still probably going to be profitable for us. It's just not going to Twenty-three people in attendance <laughs> is profitable because I guarantee you they didn't sell five thousand one hundred and twenty-three tickets. You think mm. you think Kanye bought his ticket? No, I thought Jada did though. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I'd be surprised if they sold three thousand tickets. Okay, no, I have to ask you about this. You know, MVO, the most valid opinion podcast, hip hop aficionado. Uh huh. What'd you think of uh, the appearance of Quavo and Jada? They was trash. And Kanye. They was trash. All that was trash. Why? You 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 uh, weren't impressed by seeing rappers that you like? Listen, I love Jada. But I know why you is he do. Walking out that loser. <laughs> like, come on, man. If I would have known. Or if Jada would have known that this dude was going to perform the way he did, he wouldn't have walked him out. You can't be associated with such. Like, <laughs> that performance just pisses me off, man. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Is Quavo played out? I mean, like, Migos already walked out Floyd this year. Well, here's the thing about Quavo. Mm-hmm. Name one solo Quavo track. I can't do it. Exactly. Neither can I. <laughs> Does he have any? I'm sure he does. There's just nobody checking for him. <laughs> no, I, no, I mean, that's the, that, that is the wrong answer for that question in terms of the, the co- in the context of this conversation. Not knowing whether or not Quavo, or just assuming that he does have solo tracks. I mean, that says everything. I mean, yeah. also, like, does it say anything that Top Rank could have spring for the rest of the Amigos? <laughs> like, they were yeah, like, yo, can we, get the, can we get the Amigos? They're like, the who? The Amigos. You mean a- the the Migos? Migos, you mean? They're like, yeah, bring them in there. They they hit the price, and they're like, mm, what about for one of them? <laughs> like uh, Chris Rock, and when he's trying to buy one rib from the tiny <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. Like no 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 no. How much is one rib? <laughs> I I gotta try that and record their re- reaction to go into a barbecue place to order a one rib. <laughs> <laughs> one rib. Order a spare rib? Five? No, no, no. One rib. <laughs> and that's what they got. They got one Migos. Wasn't even the good one either. Who's the the good one? Offset? Yeah. Okay, that's that's what I thought. He's the more famous one. He's the one with Cardi. I, well, I was about to say, he's famous because of Cardi. Hey, listen. 
Jay Z with Beyonce. That 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 knocked up his Q rating a lot. You need the ladies. Um, why do you think they only sold five thousand tickets? First of all, don't say they sold five thousand tickets. Say there were five thousand people in attendance. <laughs> I do not believe. I can't they confirm that they had five thousand. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's 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 phrase it this way: uh, they reported fifty one hundred people in the building. Can you like? Why do you think that was the number in which was reported? Because that's that's how many people were in there, including the concession workers, <laughs> security, <laughs> media. That's why. Anybody that walked into that building, they got counted. <laughs> but they were counting the scalpers outside. Yeah, yeah. They counted Kyrie's <laughs> protest. Yeah, like it was crazy to me, and I know that a little prick like uh, Mike Coppinger, he can't wait to report that commission report. Oh, we're gonna get it first. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get it first. We'll have that. I'm, t- I'm no, calling but, our shot right here on the pod. But you know he, you know he wants to <clears throat> after the way Bob Arum sunned him. I yeah, we're gonna get it first. I'm just gonna throw that out Even there. If you get it first. You should send it to Mike Coppinger. <laughs> like Fuck he, no, he, you. He needs that. No, no, no. I mean, this is like us talking about like inside stuff, but nobody's more at odds with Mike Coppinger than <laughs> our crew. <laughs> that like no 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 hashtag fans with sources we will talk about more of this off pod but (laughs) no 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 and even just for art man sake we can we can't be giving coppinger info oh no you can't talk about art man no more really are we done with art man yeah we're done with art man no way we can't be done with art man he he paid his bets but he did he did it he refused to pay them all right, I mean, fine. Who's who's gonna who's gonna do anything about it? I, I saw a real funny tweet about that. They was like, um, "How you expect Art Man to pay off debts to people that owe him reparations?" <laughs> <laughs> like, I wish I could remember who said it, but that was such an excellent tweet. <laughs> You talk to Art Man? Uh, not really. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I, it was always, this was one of those things where it was like, you know, the Oprah gif where she kind of looks around and then looks at the cameras. It's like, you know, what'd you expect? <laughs> this was the ultimate Oprah gif moment in boxing where like the fight p- played out. I was like, what'd you expect? And then the ticket sales, like, what'd you expect? Like, did you really yeah. think that Tank had either A, built a huge boxing community in Atlanta, or B, there was already a boxing community that existed in Atlanta, and Tank got lucky twice? Was well, a State Farm Arena doing two-for-ones? Like, why did you guys book this venue? Because they wanted to do the Mr. Me Too thing. They wanted to copy off of Tank's success because Top Rank and this shows in the lawsuit that they had against Al Heyman they're still trying to understand how is it PBC is able to do what they do. Yep. I I, I would even throw out there that PBC don't even know what they're doing when it comes to tank. I think that's not, probably 
80, 90% of Tank's popularity is just Tank. Yeah. He's, he's hit, like, in a way that's not explainable. He's hit with the youth. He's hit with the young hip-hop community. <laughs> it's like everybody knows him. Well, we could talk a little bit about the press conference right now. Like, to me, if you watch that press conference, that was, one, the first time we saw Tank get to be, like, Tank uninhibited, like, just, okay, I, I have an idea of what this guy is, like, normally like. You know, he's not trying to put on for the camera. He's not being serious. It was just like a Tank just shooting from the hip. Yeah. And to me, if you watch that press conference, you get it. Like, Roly gets up there, and Roly's a charismatic guy. He gets up there, says his stuff, and then Tank takes the stage, and it's like, oh, this dude got has an aura to him. Yeah, not only that, this dude sounds like he's in kill mode already. <laughs> he Tank's been in kill mode since he was eight. Yeah. Yeah. And Roly, gotta be honest with you, I thought he had a chance. Oh, no. Before this fight was announced. You know I've been calling for Roly versus Tank all year. But after seeing Tank, I'll be surprised if Roly lasts five rounds. All right, for, but first, we got to talk about something more important than that. Roly's outfit. Oh, my God. He did the pootie chain. Oh, my God. This man wore a fur coat with no shirt in 100-degree heat. <laughs> Roly was dressed like he was going to shoot a music video. Yeah. When you I know, saw him, I was like, he is not wearing a fur coat. I live in L.A. I was like, it's fairly warm today. Certainly, like, if you were wearing a light hoodie, you would have taken it off. So, Roly said that he thought the press conference was going to be inside. And that's why he wore the fur. He thought so, it was going to be air conditioning and all that good stuff. He's bullshitting. You know how I know that he is bullshitting? Because... Uh, did you look at the shape Roly was in? He's in great shape. He is not in that kind of shape when he is not fighting. He only gets into that shape like one week out from a fight. Other yeah. than that, Roly is a heavy boy. Mm -hmm. He wanted to show off. He thought he looked good. He was feeling himself. His hairline looked super crisp. That fur coat, I mean, I got to, like, it, it looked real nice. Yeah. Roly came in there dressed like he was going to be the villain. Tank showed up looking like he was training Pokemon. <laughs> Why do I keep saying that? Did, did you never seen Pokemon? I, I have. He dressed like the main character from Pokemon, like with the vest, with the hat, the same color scheme on the hat. Oh, Ash catch him? Yeah. Well, maybe rolling a Pokemon and Tank about to catch him. No, no, no. Roly. Loki was also dressed like a Pokemon trainer, like the bad guy Pokemon trainers. <laughs> like those guys have like just, you know, real exotic. They would be wearing like a like a frock coat and just like some shorts or something. Roly dressed like that. He's going to come out with some weird Pokemon. Tank's going to come out with the fan favorite and end things quick. I thought Roly was trying to dress like the boxer from Hall of Nights. <laughs> oh, God. I don't... I, I, I've seen that movie within the past 12 months, and I can barely remember the guy you're talking about. He was Harlem, talking like, stuttering like him. Harlem Nights has one of the best opening scenes of a movie ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you've never seen it, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, you got to watch Harlem Nights if you were listening to this and haven't seen it. 
Hey, we don't do no pub. What do you mean we don't do no pub? Amazon not paying you. How do you know that? Oh. All right, let me get a cut then. <laughs> I need that. Amazon don't pay us. <laughs> but I'm, I'm down to support Eddie Murphy and Red Fox. Any but day who, of the week. Who, who do you think won the press conference? Oh, Tank. Ain't nobody going to beat Tank in a press conference. Okay. You know that nervous energy that TFEMO gives off? Yeah. Imagine him speaking and then Tank takes the mic. Yeah, that's true. That's a gut check right there. Now, were you disappointed in Roley's performance at the press conference at all? All right. Difficult question to answer. The I think if we're just talking press conference, bell to bell, um, slightly. I think he... I think Roley was trying not to say too much, but at the same time, he had a lot to say. And so not a lot of it was able to get out. Um, well, I, he's not, he's right, not no, no gonna offense, no not stutter. In the community. All right. We don't want to offend anyone with a speech impediment, anyone with learning disabilities, anyone who might be considered, can you still use the word retarded or is that a no go? People use it in the chat all the time. I, yeah, anyone, I tend not to say it. Anyone who would be considered retarded, <laughs> don't be offended by this. But Roly sounded retarded. He really did. <laughs> well, I, I've never. This is why I love Roly. He had this tweet. Uh, no, it wasn't a tweet. It was an Instagram. You know, on Instagram when you like do like a Q and A. Yeah. Someone asked him like, "Hey, you know, from boxing, are you ever concerned with like getting CTE and like head injuries?" And Roly's response is like, I'm dumb as shit, so no. <laughs> it, it was something like that. And I started laughing. It, it was either like, if he's serious, you know, I feel bad, kind of. But at the same time, I'm like, if he's like, if he gets it and he's like cracking a joke here, like Roly is a funny guy. Yes. I, listen, I like Roly. <clears throat> but after the press conference, so if we count that whole day and all the media that got done... Roly did he did not disappoint. Like there, there were so many great clips that I saw of him. Like uh what was the one where he was just like, You guys are gonna see. You're gonna be fucking dumb. All of you. Yeah. Listen, I like Roly, but his performance when he was in this presence of tank was very disappointing. So I'm done hearing from Roly until fight night. <laughs> Uh, there's one more press conference to go, so he, he may win you back. Maybe. Well, well, now, well, hold on. What about this? What about when we watch the face-off and, you know, Showtime cut the mics smartly? Yeah. What about when you hear that audio and maybe Roly turned up the heat on Tank when they maybe. were face-to-face? -face? But Roly tried to flex in the fur coat. Mm-hmm. He tried to flex his bicep. How are you going to see a bicep in a thick-ass fur? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a faux pas right there. Yeah, so I was like, damn, this guy's just <laughs> dumb as a rock. <laughs> Thank God he could fight. Uh, what do you think of Tank's story that he always tells about? Like, I walked in the gym, I told Rolly your ass, and he didn't do nothing. <laughs> well, that was confirmed by um, Chicana Boxing. AKA uh, my girl Lily, Miss Billy Hole Saunders, 
that story was actually true and confirmed. Okay. And it was also confirmed that Tank did miss out on sparring with Roly, and it wasn't Roly's fault. It was Tank's fault. All right, so, so it's one-to-one one there. It's one-to-one. One. Yeah, I'm not going to say he ducked him because I don't like using the word duck. No, you like using but, that word. No, nah, but he didn't, he didn't show up. I'll say that. I mean, the sparring session for it was like 12 o'clock or something. I, are we expecting Tank to be on time? Yeah. Tank don't seem like the guy that's on time to things. <laughs> well, if you're going to be talking shit, you better be on time. Imagine, though, that you like you got a guy that talks shit and he's on time. Yeah. Like You don't want to like show up to a guy or for a sparring session with a guy and he'd been there for an hour already waiting for you. That's a bad omen. Yo, what did you think about Roly's trainer? First of all, his trainer nickname is Bullet. Like, that was so perfect. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is like really WWE. <laughs> uh, this dude said <laughs> that I train Tank in boxing, karate, and street fighting. He, he said he trained Roly. But, yeah, but those were the three things he trains him in. Uh, he also said... Uh, didn't he say something about, we don't train for speed, we train for power? Yeah. Uh, I thought that those were, I like, I mean, if you're telling the truth, that is troubling. <laughs> if he was just, like most of the press conference, um, going for entertainment, all right, cool, you did it. Because I thought that that was humorous, what he said. But if that's my trainer outing to the world that we're training for karate for a 12-round yeah. prize fight? Yeah. That, that's not a good look. Hey, man. Whatever he got to do to get it done. Don't forget, uh, Roly's a world-class judo uh, wrestler. So Is that true? Yeah, that is true. Don't you listen to the PBC podcast? Uh, occasionally. Shout-out to Kenneth Bahari. Shout-out um, to Kenneth. But... Maybe Roly's going in at a rough up tank. Tank is a little dude. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe. But would you say rough up? What do you mean? Like he's gonna do a hip toss, elbows, whatever he need to do. Roly's gonna elbow tank. Okay, actually, here's yeah. a good question. First time Roly elbows tank. What does tank do? Hit him in the nuts. You think Tank's gonna hit him in the nuts? Like just flat out? Yeah, I think um, what's gonna happen is you're gonna see tank. Hold his mouth or his nose, cause something gonna get broken and bloodied. He gonna come through rough. Yo, rough. Oh, go to the corner. Don't do that, Rolly. Tank gonna come on the inside and hit him with a nice little uppercut right to the groin. What I'm getting at here, guys, is that the DQ bet may have some value. Oh yeah. This has potential to end in a DQ. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I really liked about the press conference, though? The, I would say this has been the most successful press conference since... Uh, let's ignore the Canelo Plant press conference because technically it didn't, you didn't need to be sold on that. It's, it's fucking Canelo. Uh, but this has been the most successful press conference since Jermel Charlo and Tony Harrison. Mm. I feel like so many people were on the fence about this fight or just like kind of like out on Roly being a tank opponent. But I saw so many people in our chat just like, yeah, they won me over. I'm yeah. excited for this fight. Well, all credit to the fighters. 
All credit to Leonard Ellaby. All credit to Bullet. Yeah. No credit to Floyd. Floyd. <laughs> Floyd put himself over the whole time. Yo, Floyd is on one right now. <laughs> he went out on Twitter. And it's like, I know Floyd like is really smart about injecting himself into conversations th- that increase his name. Uh, yeah. This was not the the battle to pick, in my opinion. Mm, if you, you def- if you're on Kyrie's side, like I I can I would rather you just state your opinion, but don't side with Kyrie. Like, come on, bro. You forget that Floyd is a Trump guy. No, I don't forget. So he's talking to his Trump audience, and they all you know they they anti vaccine like crazy. Yeah. So. He's talking to his constituents, basically. Well, is Floyd going to run for president now? Mm, never know. Did you ever think Donald Trump will run for president? I, I, I mean, no, I didn't think about that. Period. You live in California. You had fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger as your governor. Yeah. Anything can happen. I was also like a somewhat of a child when that happened. So. Yeah, but anything can happen. You never know. But all I know is that Floyd was preaching to a choir that he's looking to bring in. He saw what that audience did for Kanye, took Kanye out of debt, made Kanye a multi-billionaire, and Floyd went that for himself. It's a lot of money to be made off these maggots. (laughs) uh, I guess I don't need to throw shots at other podcasts right now. Who are you talking about? Uh, no, we man. don't. We don't. We don't do. We don't do no. Uh, I can start beef. I don't care. No, I'll fight all these motherfuckers. Don't worry about it. I'm not letting you fight. I, Between I, me and Lex, we fucking up all these dudes. <laughs> I, I know that we are not only the most vaccinated podcast, but also the best fighting podcast out there. Yeah, goddamn uh, right we are. All right, do do does our podcast take out the Porter way? Does Sean Porter get to fight? Yes, Sean Porter gets to fight. <laughs> He's fucking know. me up. I know that. I, I just the question is, know. can he take you down? Nah, he can't take me down. I don't know. Sean Porter walk around like what, 160, 170, 180, maybe? He punches you like three times in the thigh. Nah. I'll He's gonna chop down. you down. Like with Bret Hart precision. And I'll definitely whoop Carson ass. Shout out to Carson. <laughs> My favorite white boy on Twitter. Shout out to Carson. I think we could take him. We uh, definitely fucking up um, Steve Kim and Mario Lopez. That's not even that's that's. We'll just send Lex for that. Yeah, we definitely fucking them up. You you think we take the PBC pod? Oh, of course, man. Ro- Rosenthal. We'll send Tom. That's a, that's that's a fair fight right there. Come on, nah, hell no. no. Kenneth's a got, dog. You guys said Deuce. No, no, no. We're not sending Deuce. I send Deuce, man. Deuce. No, no, no. We're not sending Deuce. We got, we got to save him at all costs. <laughs> what a wild podcast! We talked about a press conference, the Shakur fight, and other podcasts we would like to fight. Well, it's better than talking about this weekend's uh, boxing cards because oh, I don't. I like the cards this weekend. I no like way. I like them. No way. All right, let's 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 get things straightened out here. Okay, first of all, 
I'm the type of fan that watches everything, whether I like it or not. The reason for that is because I got to come on this podcast the next day and recap these fights and give takes on them. So I don't got a choice whether I get to like it and say I'm going to watch it or not. I'm watching. All right. So that's one. Two, what's not to like? We got some decent matchups this weekend that are better than like what they're getting on these matchroom cards. Um, Jose Vargas versus <laughs> Jose Cepeda. So we got to start a new podcast where it's just you pronouncing names. And <laughs> was that wrong? Uh, it 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 was it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. It was it. it I know you were questioning yourself when you said it. There was a lot of thought in those words, <laughs> those sounds you were like making. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so let's start with Josue Vargas and Jose Zapata. Yeah. So, one, my I have one issue with this fight, and that's that Jose Zapata's got to stop fighting dudes with Jose-adjacent names, all right? <laughs> that's enough. Uh, but two, I think he's kind of done. I think, Ooh. yeah. That, wow. Yeah, he's kind of done, yeah. Is this because of the Baranchik fight? Oh, yeah. It is because of that Baranchik fight. Yeah, Baranchik looks done. Baranchik doesn't look done. He is done, unfortunately. Yeah. It, it was. He's at that point where it's like, all right, this is... I don't get enjoyment from watching this dude. Mm. Okay. And then and shout out to Triller for showing the wife so we could just really get... Was it... Was it? Oh, no, it was Showtime. Shout out to Showtime for showing the wife. So just to get it clear in our brains, like we got that visceral image of his wife crying. It's like, yeah, this dude doesn't yeah. need to be fighting no more. Hey, listen, you don't play boxing. If she can't take the heat, then she needs to stay. In <laughs> Whoa, oh. that's not the take. <laughs> that's not the take. Wait, let me not finish that one. She got astray right there. That was, uh, you, yeah, but that's a flag on the play. So you you're thinking Vargas is gonna beat Cepeda? I'm assuming. Uh, so one, I do think Vargas is gonna beat him. Wow. Um, look, Vargas is not bad. He is, I think, a very competent fighter who can take an aggressive fighter and know what to do with them, assuming that they don't bring that next level heat. You know, there are guys like a like Shakur looked like this early on, or it's like, all right, he could he could take the heat, but. We don't know what he's gonna do when it's that next level heat, and that's why yeah. people are like, "Oh, he's got to fight Navarrete and 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 Oscar Valdez." But it's like, I, I mean, I think at this point we know he's gonna be able to deal with that type of heat. I think we know Vargas can deal with like that that like mid tier, like not too dangerous heat, and um, I don't think Zapata can bring it like that no more. And I certainly don't think he's gonna outbox him. Zapata didn't look good against Lundy. I thought Lundy won that fight. I think you can make the argument. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and debate the scores on that fight, but I don't think that that's like an egregious thing to say. But like, let's just what what is the real takeaway to have from that? Well, the real takeaway is that when you're out here in 2021, having debatable fights with 37 year old hammering Hank Lundy, who took a loss to Avery Sparrow, whose most notable win. And the past five years was Chop Chop Corley. Yeah. When that's the dude that you're out here having a competitive fight with, 
that is troubling to me. And so I look at that. I think this is a compelling matchup. The winner is going to fight probably Josh Taylor. Assuming Taylor can hold on to all those titles, including the WBC one. Um, I, I think, I don't know that this will be an entertaining fight, but it's compelling enough for me. Mm, well, it's not compelling enough for <laughs> the boxing public because of the ticket sales, my brother. Ticket sales, ticket sales. All right, sales. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought it up. First of all, they blanked out the entire 300 section in the Hulu theater, okay? So that's not even available for sale. Almost the entire 200 section is still available. Mm -hmm. They are going to be lucky to sell 800 tickets to this event. What's the capacity for Hulu theaters? Like 5,000? 5,500, if I'm not mistaken. Mm Mm-hmm. So if they and is a three hundred section? How big is that? Uh that's the majority of the seating. So let's say fifty percent. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'm telling you, they're gonna be they're gonna be lucky to sell eight hundred. I didn't believe you when you said eight hundred. So I was like, uh, just from even from like the percentage wise, I I didn't think that was possible. But okay, you may be right. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you plan on attending this since it is in New York? Absolutely not. This is one of the worst cards of the year. Why would I attend this? You don't want to see Carlos Caraballo? No, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who he is. Uh, Caraballo, he's a Miguel Cotto. He just beat Le- uh-huh. Leonardo Baez. Baez uh, is Miguel about to be fighting Cotto. Ray Vargas on the Canelo undercard. Yeah, I don't care. Um, I listen. This is where I become a casual. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about this card. It's one of the worst cards. Even the Showtime card, iffy. Iffy. I, I iffy. really like that card. Why? You you got you got to ex, 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 expound on that. All right, here we go. We'll start from the top. Jamal James versus Radza Butayev. Mm-hmm. Jamal James isn't the most responsible fighter out there when it comes to defense. No, he's not. Butayev, kind of an aggressive fighter, also okay. not very responsible with the defense. Okay. I think we got a sleeper here for uh, a really good fight. Okay. Plus, you know, there's like the whole what happens with the welterweight division, um, who gets to become a player. This is obviously for a WBA title. There's some compelling there just by nature of it being the welterweight division. Okay. Co-main event is Boots. What what else you got to say? Is we Boots. Love... Okay, but who's Boots fighting? He's fighting Tom, Tomas Dulorme. Dulorme? Just come off. He lose his last two fights? He did. So why we care if he's fighting Boots? Boots he didn't get outclassed in his last two fights. Didn't get smoked in his last two fights. He gave oh. Jamal James and Imantis Stanionis pretty tough fights. Like he he gave a good account for himself in his loss. Um oh. I like I would like to see the hyperbole if Jerron Boots Ennis comes in here, stomps out Dulorme, if it's the same level, if it's lower, if it's higher than what Shakur Stevenson just got for beating Jamel Herring, who I well, would you, say is a comp. Who's a, a comp to Delorme, in my opinion? 
Oh my, that's disrespectful. To I who? thought I was to who? To Jamal Henry. Come on now. How's it? How is it disrespectful? At the very least, Jamal Henry was a world champion at the time and on a winning streak. One thirty don't got it like one forty seven. Definitely don't. But Delorme is not good at all. Hasn't been good in years. Has never been good at one forty seven. That's how I feel about Jamal Herring. He's good at one thirty. Good for good to beat who? Carl Frampton. Yeah, he came down to one thirty because he was getting his ass handed to him at one thirty five. <laughs> and he just did again when he fought yeah. somebody who knew who who was competent in the ring. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> now let's talk about the third fight. Uh, Gary Antonio. No. It's uh, Michelle Rivera versus Jose Romero. Oh, even worse. Don't put no disrespect on the name of Michelle Rivera, the reincarnation of Muhammad Ali. The real Muhammad Ali's grandson. (laughs) We we didn't even talk about that. We got to go back. And and we're no, we're not. (laughs) I just just want to hear the slander you got for that. No slander. I just don't want to talk about Muhammad Ali's white grandson. <laughs> but Michelle Rivera, the true heir of Muhammad Ali. Yep. So this this Romero guy was the guy who almost beat Isaac Cruz last year. Or no, it was actually this year. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good sort of gauge for where Michelle Rivera at is in his career. We know he's like a top tier sort of prospect that's about to be on that next level and all that stuff. Okay. So. Extra question. Mm-hmm. Where's this fight at? Like location-wise? Yeah. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. The Mandalay Why? Bay Resort and Casino. Why? Why not? What kind of atmosphere are you expected? If, uh, if this card was in Minnesota at the Armory. It will be fire. I would be a lot more excited. But for me, as a boxing fan, watching boxing on TV, the first thing I need besides good fights is a good crowd, a crowd that's into it. Yeah. I don't anticipate we're going to get that. I don't either. I, I am questioning why this fight's in Vegas. And my only guess is that maybe they got some deal with Mandalay Bay. Maybe they needed an event. Maybe they were willing to throw up some money to get some fights because obviously Sean Porter and Terrence Crawford are going to be fighting here. Maybe they got a two-for-one deal. I don't know. But I I am with you on the... We know what the Armory would have brought out. Yeah. It's consistent out there at the Armory for the type of crowds that they bring. It doesn't even matter if it's Jamal James or not. They they just like boxing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, Minnesota, what what else do they got to do on a Saturday night? They've become like a little PBC stronghold, it looks like. Top rank is a little behind, but they'll be making their Minnesota debut in no time. Just watch. <laughs> Make their Minnesota debut probably like anyway or something. Oh, Someone God. Action. I saw a tweet from you about Inouye today, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, top rank's ticking me off with anyway. First, I mean, you, you, you. You were like, oh, okay. This is funny because I mentioned a guy who's fighting on the undercard this weekend. You said I'd never heard of him. You literally tweeted about him today. Who? 
Carl Bio, that's the guy you tweeted about. You said potential Inoue opponent. And I replied to you and I said, you mean victim. Oh, he's the guy that they call Purin? I think so, yeah. Oh, Purin. Oh, oh, okay. 14 and 0, 14 knockouts. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, he's fighting Jonas Sultan. Yeah. That's a good little scrap. Oh my God. This guy just oh. caught up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my bad. Uh, uh, strike whatever I said before from the record. <laughs> yeah. All right. See, on this podcast, we learn from our mistakes. We'll <laughs> correct ourselves and we'll admit when we're wrong. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm a little interested. I want to see this kid. But I only want to see him in the context of what could he bring against NUA potentially. Nothing is the answer. He's a heavy hitter, 14 knockouts. You see the crew he's been fighting against? No, I've right. never heard of him until today. All right, well, I mean, you just take a look at the, the crew, the guys that they got him to fight, and it would explain the knockout ratio. Is it, is it better or worse than Berlanga? <laughs> uh, I don't want to slander Ber- Berlanga anymore. <laughs> Why? Because he hurt his arm. He got a little boo-boo. No, I just think that, like, it is what it is with him. Like, we all... See, they, they try to prop him up on one of those gimmicks where, like, it's the gimmick is what it is, but it comes with the territory of, like, the gimmick is usually this because of that. And it's like, they're usually pumping him up as this one-round knockout guy because he ain't got the rest of the, 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 the arsenal pack. behind him. And so he got that gut check. Turns out, yeah, it is what it is. This guy can take it. He can give it, but can take it. Offense, got one idea on offense. And when that idea doesn't work, it looks like this guy is clueless um, and all that stuff. And like, you know, there's not much more to say about that. The question with him is like, well, can he rebuild? Is this rebuildable? I don't know. Well, we'll find out (laughs) a Puerto Rican weekend. Uh, in 2022. Uh, is that what we call it? Puerto Rican weekend? Yeah. That sounds like a nice festival. It's got a, it is. They have the nice nice parade that weekend. Nice festivities that whole weekend. That's Puerto Rican weekend, baby. You go? That's a, that's a big thing in New York City. Hell yeah. You know how much ass is out there at that time? (laughs) Of course. That's a big weekend in New York City. And we didn't get to have a Puerto Rican weekend last year because of COVID. So this this June 2022 is going to be fucking lit because we back, baby. Um. All right. Well, I think we'll cap it off right here. Just a little oh, bit of really? a sh- is a, yeah. You didn't uh, want to talk about Dillian White and his whole. Oh no, we do need to talk about that. We do need to talk about that. So, Dillian White scheduled to fight Otto Valine next weekend. Or this coming, it would be this weekend, right? This weekend, yeah. Yeah. And um, great fight. I think everyone was happy with it. Unless if you you were like maybe a little pessimistic about Otto Valin being in a good fight. You know, I, I haven't seen too many really entertaining fights out of that guy. But overall, on fight, great fight between two names. And certainly the winner would be rightful in demanding a title shot. Yeah. But then Dillian White pulled out of the fight. Mm-hmm. Citing a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any evidence or proof? Nope. 
Nope. And I don't think we're going to get it. Even uh, Wallen's team is asking for it. You know, I, I really wish Mauricio Suleiman was as petty as I am. Because if I was the president of the WBC, I would grant Tyson Fury an injury exception due to White's injury and say that he doesn't have to make a mandatory defense. Okay, so a couple of things there. If that were to happen, does Usyk find a way out of the Joshua fight? Uh, honestly, I don't think Joshua's rushing to have that fight. You remember I told you that I don't think uh, the second fight's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I still don't believe it's going to happen. You think Joshua's going to need more time or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, with the way rematch causes work, I mean, it's going to be very tough to to for Usyk to fight without fighting Joshua next. Well, I'm pretty sure Fast Eddie will work something out. I mean, the the thing about this that is just so crazy to me is it's so ham-fisted. It's so obvious. It was so telegraphed. This is what we saw. Like, people in our chat were saying it. I think somebody said it right, outright when they announced that fight. There's no way F- Dillian White actually shows up to fight on, on this October 31st or whatever it was. Yeah, but why did they go through the whole charade of even making the fight? That's the that's the question. Why would you go through the effort? Um, I mean, like you screw over Otto Alleen because if you know if you don't know, he was in negotiation for a Showtime fight with Luis Ortiz, according to him. Uh huh. And so he's in negotiation for that, and I, and I assume that he has two offers on the table of you know what to expect when you're getting you know there's this is the purse for he, him and this is the purse for the other guy, and he was expecting this money to come through. He yeah. leaves money on the table, went with this offer for whatever reason. Maybe it's more money, maybe better terms, maybe it was sooner. I don't know. Uh, maybe because it was a main event for an interim title shot. And maybe. He, it was like he was going to be able to get the winner of Wilder versus Fury next. And so they sign with that. They do go to the extent of making this event. They call it pay-per-view level and all this stuff. Yeah. And then they pull out. What's the end game? I thought it was just a bait and switch from the beginning. Um, They were launching the zone in the UK. They were talking about raising the prices Mm -hmm. from $199 to $799. Then they talked Um, about pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, So I think they wanted to have Dillian White as the name because AJ couldn't do it because AJ was still fulfilling out his contract obligation with Sky. So basically, Dillian White was supposed to spearhead the first big pay-per-view level event for Eddie Hearn on his new big DAZN UK venture. Damn. So you think it's just pure bait and switch for the service? Oh, yeah. Listen, you see Frank Warren do this all the time. Frank Warren would Announce a card, pull the best fight off the card. Oh well, can't get your money back. Sorry. Well, yeah, that's one of the things somebody in our chat was super pissed about is they don't do refunds in the UK. They had bought yeah. tickets, and now they're like, I don't want to go to this. Obviously, the main event's off the card, and they're they were told, no, you cannot get a refund. 
Well, because they said that um, refunds were available at the point of purchase, mm -hmm. but Access was the true uh, ticket seller for this event. But most people probably bought it through the Matchroom website, which uses StubHub because, you know, they have that deal with Matchroom. So it was a resale. Exactly. Oh, boy. What a scam. Yeah. What I, I you know, sometimes you, you, you hear a scam and it's like you get upset about it. But this one is like, man, that was executed so well. I can't even be mad. I can't even mad at him. Can't even be mad. Plus, I stay out of British business. Yeah, that I'm is true. American business. Except you're up in Art Man's business. <laughs> His business is British business. Yeah, apparently so. Man, I, I, I feel for Otto Wallin, but at the same time, like you had your offers on the table, and you chose the path that, for whatever reason, you didn't do your research. Like I, I feel like one of the things where if you were looking at the pros and cons of taking each offer, the con of that offer for Dillian White was like, yo, what happens if White gets like Tyson Fury becomes available? Well, good luck. Who do you, like, do, do you think that White gets that Tyson Fury fight? Nope. So who's not his next, next fight going to be against? That's, that's a good question. Because, be yeah. That's a good question. I guess we'll find out. Because it's not going to be Otto Wallin, I imagine. I imagine that this bridge is about to get burned, and then. Absolutely, but I think I think as we've seen with Eddie Hearn over and over again, he always seems to get outmaneuvered when it comes to the WBC, and I think this is just going to be another case. Like right now, Dillian White is Elma Fudd with the shotgun. Sticking it into the the rabbit hole that Bugs Bunny just ran in, but he, he don't see that the gun is peeking up behind him, his own gun, and he's about to shoot himself in the ass. I'm telling you. All right. Well, more on this in our chat. We'll wrap it up right here. Good to have you on, MVO. Appreciate it, man. Um. I'm glad to have convinced you into watching the cards this weekend and to being a little more excited about them than you were previously. Hey, I might get a ticket. How about that? <laughs> uh, you, well, you could probably buy the the last row on the second level and walk up to the first and they ain't going to know. Yeah, $36. Is that the price? Yes, it is. Last prediction. Who, who sells more tickets, the Tiafimo Cambosos fight or this one? Oh, definitely Tio versus Cambosos. I think Tiafimo versus Cambosos it's going to sell out. That's my bold prediction. Well, I don't think it's that bold because the ticket prices seem very cheap. Yeah. And they're at the same fucking place, the Hulu Theater. Tiafimo, big star. He's at the Hulu. <laughs> okay. from, from Miami Marlins Park? Yeah, from 70000 to 5500 What? Ooh. Well, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. And he uh, yeah. squandered a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We mentioned the chat. How do you get access to the chat? Well, you go to patreon.com slash sundaypuncher. You sign up there. $1 access to the chat. Pay more if you like. If not, whatever. Um, well worth it, guys. Well worth it. I'm a subscriber. Uh, any, any, what's your sales pitch for the chat? Uh, if you like chaos, <laughs> but also like the occasional 
intelligent conversation, then this chat is for you. <laughs> uh, that is uh, a good description. We had a really good conversation today on um, the Bruce Champler situation. Oh, my God. He was getting cooked. You Listen, you got to play that AB sound for him. Oh, my God. Our, between RJ and Deuce, they cooked his ass. Oh, Deuce. Deuce had his ass, like, nailed. Yeah. But no. that's what happens when you go defending uh, a Irish drug lord and murderer. He got his ass cooked. <laughs> he got cooked. <laughs> you didn't go down like that, huh? He got cooked. And, and also the fact that he came with like that boomer energy, just it did yeah. not work out too well. Had a conversation yeah. about is the conversation around fighter pay, like is that something that we don't need in boxing? And is it something that just is new? No, it turns out been around for a long time. A lot of evidence there. Talked a lot about Shakur Stevenson and, and Jamel Herring and a little bit about Kid Galahad for some reason. But anyway... $1 gets you access to that. Um, and I think that's it. If you like the podcast, give us a good rating and a review. And if not, go along with your day. MBO, exactly. any final words? Uh, no, no final words. But I just appreciate you having me on. Free my man, Fred Garvin. Bring <laughs> back Fred. Bring back Fred. Bring back Fred. Those are my final words. I'm working on securing a big name to do a podcast with us. I'm just going to say that. Ooh, okay. Someone, on, someone on TV. Maybe not bring back Fred. Fuck Fred. <laughs> I, I like celebrities instead. <laughs> uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. Okay. But anyway, thanks guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. We will be back next week. Peace.